Hey. Uh, <laughs> give, give it to him one more. Give it to him one more again. <laughs> as long as it's mean, clean, and green. Hey. <laughs> if you got one spark up, you listen to the Higher Learning Podcast with 420 NJ Events. Let's go. All right, y'all. Welcome to the Higher Learning Podcast with 420 NJ Events. I'm your host, Brendan Robinson. I'm here with my brother, my co-host, my co-founder, my CEO, Stan Okoro. Stan, what's up, baby? What's going on, brother? All right, guys. You know, we got a special, special, special guest on the show tonight. I normally say this person needs no introduction. But uh, in this case, this person actually is getting the introduction. This is your first time probably seeing her for a lot of you. This is a black woman making history. This is a black woman being an MSO. This is a black woman bringing us all together. And I'm going to let her tell her story, but I got to introduce her first. Talking about the CEO of Green Essence in Florida, Miss Jasmine Johnson. Jasmine, how you doing? Hi, hi, hi. Good evening. Good evening. Hello, good people. I'm happy to be here. I want to thank you both for having me. I truly appreciate it. This is my first appearance. Uh, I've been in the, you know, corners and the cuts, you know, trying to stay in Kaga, you know, but I'm happy to be here and I appreciate you all for having me. So thank you. We thank you all, you know, all we here from Florida, obviously. And, um, you know, it's it's a tradition, Jasmine, on the the, the 420 uh, Higher Learning Podcast. We we, we start up by sparking up, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So we're going to Say no more. I should bring out my magic stick. Say no more. We're so excited to to let you tell your story. Your story is remarkable. But before we get into that and some of the things you're working on, just give the audience a little background on who you are and kind of how you got started in the cannabis industry. All right, no doubt. Uh, Well, Jasper Johnson, I'm born and raised uh, Miami. I started in cannabis. I was actually introduced to it by my mentor, Outside of being um, a consumer myself since probably 16, 17, um, I was introduced to it in a business sense from my mentor, Norbert Seals. Uh, He put together what would be a team ready to be an applicant for the state of Florida um, starting about four years ago. And as his mentee, when he brought the opportunity to my intention to begin to work on it, I asked him if he didn't mind if my family got involved as an investor or in some capacity. And of course he was like, "Uh, yeah, say no more. And um, we began working on the application for Florida. However, it just never opened up. And that's when the real adventure began to say the least. That's amazing. That's that's amazing. You know, it's, um, you know, you talk about your mentor and just the impact he had on you. And I I love the fact that you and your family kind of came in as investors saw the opportunity and kind of saw what you could do and, and, and took advantage of that opportunity. And well, my family actually uh, had the opportunity to get involved in California about 10 years prior to being reintroduced to it in Florida. And my mom and dad, who are not consumers, of course, like many families, had their apprehensions and stigmas against it. So all of their friends ran to California, invested and came back with a bunch of money. And they said, oh, never again. So actually, when I did bring it up to them, it was a very easy, I won't say sell, but it was like, say no more, because we we refuse to do this again. For sure, (laughs) uh, for sure. Yeah, so that's, uh, if it were for, I think, the evidence of it from California and close peers of theirs, I don't know if we would have jumped into it on the Florida side or, you know, felt um, this... um, 
I would say passionate to take the first position, which is ultimately what it ended up as. So, you know, initially as the applicant, I believe we were in about second or third position. Mm-hmm. Um, but as time progressed and now that we've pivoted into a purchase, uh, now we're first position and leading on this. But that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, congratulations. That's amazing. Okay. You know, um, we, me and Stan talk about this a lot. You know, a lot of folks start their own dispensary or, or a lot of folks want to start their own dispensary, excuse me. Um, but most of them just aren't aware how difficult that process is, right? You built a team of experts to really outfit your organization. Can you talk to us about just the importance of doing that? Well, you know, it, starting as an applicant, I think helped me see it from the perspective of, obviously, you know, when we go back to our high school, college mindset and we look at a project and we look at the elements that's required within the project, uh, we obviously know how to put in information to be appealing for one's judgment. But taking that scope and then turning it into an actual operation, it's involving the same requirements for each section, but now you have to find an expert in that field to actually operationalize your plan. And when look looking at it from building a plan of which a, a human being has to execute that part, um, it actually became quite simple in how how to what you need. It was the difficulty in finding whom can best represent and be just as excited about it and do it with the passion um, and maintain the responsibility to actually execute it and be accountable for its results. This is what has been the adventure uh, that I've experienced in the last two years. It's been um, it's been rewarding because every meeting going to a different state. Uh, different country, meeting an individual has a passion to get involved in cannabis and can transfer their set of skills into an organization that uh, they believe in. That has been, I think, the most rewarding part of this process. But yes, I look at it from a project proposal standpoint, but actually putting real names and faces behind each marker on that project, not just for brownie points for the piece of paper per se. A hundred percent. And I think, I mean, I'm say, I think I know after talking to you, that's what differentiates you from so many other MSOs, right? It's not about the brownie points. It's not about the fluff. It's about the work. You yeah. know, and, and you talk about folks needing to be held accountable. That's what me and Stan, I mean, like, and, and, and we, we, we say it to anyone that will listen is that, you know, our ability to hold each other accountable is what makes us successful, you know? And um, I love the fact you said that. I'm the first to say that um, even in, within our organization, I'm, I'm, I was never uh, one to say I'm going to be the CEO. In fact, it was more I took it on as a project management team building type exercise. It was actually the members that said, well, you, you know, we would like you to be the CEO. But I made it very clear that even if I don't deliver, I underperform or for whatever what reason, I'll be the first to fire myself for the sake of where we need to go. I, you know, I don't have the particular corporate background, although I have met with each and every person that's part of this team and I have got their commitment. I know I have a set of skills that uh, with my dad's background gives me the ability to communicate and give the team spirit, but that may or may not translate into a corporate behavior. And I say this to just, you know, my mentor Norbert would always tell me if people can be half as good as what they say. If they can just bring half of what they say you got something. And so just operating off of that metric, um, even if we perform half of what we bring as green essence, we still will be superior to what is already on the market. Hmm. Talk that talk. Talk that talk. 
You know, man, you, you, <laughs> you know, we have to be. We have to be as black people, right? We got to be excellent. We have to be. We, and listen, <laughs> you said twice as like twice as hard, five times as hard. To whatever it takes, we got to get there. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it takes. Man, Jasmine, you, you know, you're such an inspiration, and I want to talk about that for a second. You know, I'm a guy that was raised by a single black mother. Uh, my mother was the willest MFR I ever met in my life. Okay, God rest her soul. Um, and you know, I feel like it, me, and my brother, we both feel like you know the black woman is the most underrepresented individual, not only in cannabis, but in this world. So when I think about that and I watch how far you've come in your career, what are some of the biggest hurdles you've had to overcome and, and how did it help you get to where you are today? You know, my mom has been a tremendous uh, monument and instrument in this entire process. Uh, she was a single teen mom, 16, pregnant. And from what she has amassed, uh, I it gives me no excuse. I think Having um, my mom set a foundation and, um, you know, she was the first black Century 21 broker in South Florida, uh, turned around and they did a class action lawsuit and they won <laughs> against the discrimination that Century 21 was doing against their minority uh, franchise owners. And to own the amount of properties and be in the position that uh, her and my father have put us in as a family, I can do no less. So part of my determination is if my dad was a shoeshine boy and my mom was a teenage mother uh, and they become multimillionaires and they have set our family in a position where our next generation, they can do what they want to do. Um, and they can pursue passions without having the struggle of let me have a job holding this down and so I say all that to say the hurdles for me are more so how do we change it for the future of not just myself, but others that look like me. I always feel as though if I had, if other people had the same mom and dad or just had even some of the lessons that I was given, their life would have been set on a much different path. Um, you know, my mom was like I said, she's the type that say, Jasmine, you know, you have to get used. You, you want to be useful or useless? Right. I remember telling me, you want to be useful or useless? And I was like, of course I want to be useful. So get used to being used. Because in this world, you're either useful or useless to someone. Right. And so when you're taught with those type of foundations and principles, you have to go above and beyond that. And so in the hurdles of this business, it goes back to the statement of people uh, and the representation of themselves. We're building, when you think about a project, if you think about a business, especially ones where you're trying to get investment capital, um, you have to look at yourself as what are you bringing to the table? And this, at this point, when, when we initially start, okay, it's a plan. We're bringing a plan to the table. That's not good enough. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now we're bringing a team to the table. All right. That's still not good enough. Okay. Now we're bringing a position with a license holder to the table. All right. We're getting, okay. Now we're bringing some capital, a position with a license holder, a team. So I, I, I say all that um, to say, as the, it's not particularly which hurdles, because I think anybody who's doing anything understands that it will be hurdles that come with it. So I can't speak specifically um, to any one of them because they all look the same to me. It's just something that I need to get through. Mm -hmm. um, but I was speaking more to the attitude that is in me that gets past it every day. Because I, as the leader of, the, of this group, hold it to myself to keep good energy, to stay focused, to not waver. <laughs> um, and no matter what hurdle is thrown, I have to already know we'll get through it no matter what it is. So they're gonna come, but 
you if you're if you even think of think you're gonna get in cannabis, you can't shake, you can't break, <laughs> you can't tremble, you can't let them see you sweat. So hurdles they exist, but they don't. Man, I mean, so much to unpack there. So much valuable, valuable entrepreneurial inspiration, motivation, and knowledge. And you know me, I'm not going to gas you. I'm being real with you, sister. You're an inspiration. <laughs> it's hard. What we do, what you do is hard, okay? And you're doing it with a positive outlook. You're smiling the whole time. No matter what hurdle comes, you're jumping over it. Uh, you know, the one hurdle I think that we all can't jump over, um, you may say hard. I think the deeper connection for the project is my mentor who put me on, Norbert, who... Uh, how how I came to meet Norbert, our family opened a jazz and blues restaurant, Crescendo Jazz and Blues Restaurant. And I remember Norbert walked in and uh, I went to greet him. Well, oh, welcome to Crescendo. How can I help you? And he was out telling me about the place. I said, oh, my parents, we opened it. You know, we come from real estate, but we stepped out and we said, we love jazz and blues. Why not bring something that are of our expectation to the community? So we were you know, marble, granite, we were some hot shit. This came Boulevard downtown, prime property, we was some hot shit. And so he said, wait a minute, this black home? He looked around, Norbert was, you know, Bahamian, so a little dramatic. And he was like, oh, say no more. And he, from the groups that he brought, he was my introduction to politics. So he brought the Harvard Alumni Association. We had all type of campaign fundraisers and this, that, and the third. And so uh, some typical Miami shit happened and we closed the restaurant. And we walked away, as they say, you hit him with a Louisville slugger. So we walked away better than we started. But when we closed, Norbert was like, oh, oh, I'm not done. You coming with me. And so he took me under his wings and we did all type of government relations contract. I was just like a fly on the wall. So Norbert was quite well known in uh, Florida and, you know, anyone who did major contracts uh, knew of Norbert. Um, and so I was just, as a young girl, I'm excited, like, wow, I'm love. we're talking big business and just seeing this, you know, $100 million contracts, working with um, Lennar Housing. Like, I'm like, okay, when you see numbers with six, eight zeros at the end of it, you're like, okay, it's the same type of work, but it's on a different scale. Okay. And um, when cannabis, and you know, we did all type of work. So when cannabis came along, I remember him saying like, this was this is gonna change our lives. Like, this is gonna change our lives. Um, so we began and uh, the, the, even the a way he approached the application, like Florida was so messed up in that you had to have a farmer, first of all, that had a nursery license over 30 years. Now, there weren't many black farmers in Florida who have a nursery license, but he found one, found the doctor, found, he found every part of it. Um, so we began and of course, like Florida, the application period never opened and unfortunately he passed away. And the medical director at the time that was on board with uh, uh, with us was actually treating him with medical marijuana. And so it's no way that I can let this project go. Um, you know, he has two sons that look just like him. <laughs> and so it's one of those things that I can't wait when we actually bring this to um, fruition, you know, to kind of just take it back to them and say, hey, we did it. So... Yeah, it means a lot. A couple different ways. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, Jasmine, like, like you are amazing. I'm gonna keep saying it. I'm sorry. I don't care what anyone thinks. Like, this woman is amazing. Her story is amazing. She, she, she mentored under a man who taught her something, and when he left, she took his legacy, 
and took it to another level. Uh, and let me tell you something. We've talked to her offline. This is our homegirl. She's she's next. She's next. So, all right. I'm sorry, y'all. I get on these teams. I'm sorry. Um, you know, I always talk to people, you know, when we're talking to folks at our events and so on and so forth about utilizing their current skill sets in the cannabis industry, right? And you talked about, you know, your background and things you learned under uh, under your mentor. And I know you have a background in hospitality. How has that helped you in the cannabis industry? And how have you used that skill set in this in this space? Oh, I would definitely say hospitality should be a foundation and a principle involved in any business organization. Having the restaurant uh, for moments where, you know, people will eat eight chicken wings and then return it because one chicken wing. <laughs> or... <laughs> Or moments where someone wants to plan a proposal and, you know, you want to go out of your way and make it a significant and a special moment so that every year they come back, they're like, yeah, this is where I, I proposed to my girl. Um, or the high turnover in the hospitality industry where we're, we're high. I mean, we, we you just got to look at a person and know, OK, it's something, um, but it's OK. <laughs> we are in the same space, in the same place at the same time. And I'm a true believer in that. If we're in the same space, place at the same time, we all got something here that's connecting us. Uh, but being in hospitality and being in, and having, you know, even in real estate, you know, our background is truly real estate. I was five, six years old, filing papers, answering the phone, Frank K. Cooper Real Estate, how can I help you? Um, it's prepared me to work with people. I, I also did a program that I truly um, because I, I, I thought initially I was a person that I can put something down, down on paper. I can work towards each goal in each department. I can do it myself. But I would probably say Leadership Miami, um, which is an amazing uh, program in South Florida that I recommend anybody join, truly taught me how to work and see the benefits and beauty of a team. Because you have that person that may not say a word, but they are a mastermind. And then you have that person that speaks too much, but that's the kind of energy you need when you want to get your project out and in the ears of people. Or then you have that person that's just a techie and they're like speaking a language you don't even understand, but you need that to structure the integrity of your digital systems. So Leadership Miami, you know, they had us all take personality tests, usually or some type of personality assessment within your first couple of days there. You know, you, it, it spits out who you are. And you're like, what? Uh, and I remember mine was, um, <laughs> it's like your dormant personality. And then I guess what would be your event, your outward one that you, you give to someone. And mine was rock star. That was what I give off to people. And uh, dormant was prestige. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Surprise, and I remember surprise. <laughs> like pinky finger up. Uh, and, and I remember being within the group and it's like, it's leadership Miami. So you can imagine we, it's a hundred of us selected throughout Miami and the application process is so many people. We all think we're leaders. We're self, self-declared leaders. So of this, you get separated <laughs> to like five to seven groups. And then it's like, okay, who's the leader of the leader? <laughs> And so when you, when you take the personality assessment test and you're looking at other people, to, or at least I remember that year, you look at it, and it was one young lady and she was fierce and hers was adventure. And she ended up becoming the leader of the group and watching how she led and seeing, you know, all of that was involved. It was like, yeah, yeah, I, I do enjoy being a leader, but of something that I'm truly passionate about. And 
even within the structure, we were all allowed to be leaders within certain departments. Like I ended up creating a uh, career um, life. Like they can, uh, the young ladies, we work with Pace Center for Girls. So the young ladies were able to choose whether they wanted to do educational studies for college, if they wanted to do um, like the work studies to go into like a work type of um, lifestyle or trade type of lifestyle. Oh, and so on and so forth. So we created a mobile lab for the girls and um, I liaison that. But it, I, I credit that program to really being able to see how amongst leaders um, to lead and to work with a team. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a program that should, they get a lot of attention, but could definitely get more attention. So I want to give them a shout out, <laughs> Leadership Miami. <laughs> they did that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm so glad you said that though, right? Because that's something that doesn't get talked about enough in this world and especially in our community leaders working with leaders okay that's my big brother over there we know each other since we were kids we're not blood brothers but we that's my brother you know i died for him you understand we are alpha males and one of the hardest things about this process has been us being alphas together and to your point you have to learn listen i got this you got that i love you you love me i trust you you trust me and when you figure that out it unlocks the gates. Huh? You think you alpha males or something. Alpha females, you know, we have to learn to operate differently because as a female, we already feel as though we're in an environment where we're in a defense mm-hmm. mode. We we in defense, we in offense, we in I'm offended. We we all type of ways as an alpha female. And so sometimes that energy transfers uh, amongst other females. And um, you know, I feel as though even with men, I think the respect truly comes from like, oh, if y'all, like, I guess y'all size each other up and it's like, we can fight about it if we want to. So y'all never, ever have to go there. <laughs> but as women, <laughs> when we transfer, there's no size up amongst women, <laughs> you know, so it's like sometimes the disrespect can just go across, um, you know, the pond too often. And so I think amongst women and especially alpha women, we have to work on it. And it's something that I had to work on it because again, I initially before Leadership Miami, even with the exposure of a Norbert and I have another mentor, Miss Carol Ann, and seeing how they work within a community, um, we have to learn how to use our feminine energy a lot differently because it's a lot of power into it. I don't particularly mean like pussy power. I, you know, being a female and working that it's it's a it's, it's a lot of benefits. And I'm sure my sisters know what I'm talking about <laughs> and, and finessing our female energy, but we cannot use it against each other. I mean, even the person like my family, we're real estate, we're laid back, we're Southerners. Uh, you know, you sit with us as a family, we're not gonna hit you with the, you'll understand every word that comes out of our mouth. Um, so being that we're getting involved in, a, you know, a hundred million dollar, billion dollar company, uh, we have to bring in a partners that complement us in ways that we don't bring to the table. And so my mentor now, my right hand, uh, Sonia, who is our, will be partnering with us uh, as an investor. And she's been by my side for the last, well, since about three years now. We actually met at Black, met at Black Tech Week in um, Miami. And I told her the story and where we were and what we were trying to do. And at that time, we weren't looking for investors. And so she reached out quite a few times, actually, more than a, a typical, you know, I'm usually one or two times most people go away and it's like, I, you know, but she kept reaching out. And I was like, now, who do I think I am not to 
you know, get engaged. And so I, I'm, that was the best uh, action I ever did to pick up the phone. And, and she was like, hey, I'm back in town. Uh, you know, let's have lunch. And I was like, you know, let's have lunch. And so she said, like, okay, I'm at the Mandarin. I was like, oh, you at the Mandarin? Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's go have, we go have lunch. <laughs> let's have lunch there. <laughs> and so uh. <laughs> uh, she brings the elements, what you need. Uh, her background is MMA transactions and she's managed million dollar, billion dollar funds. And so she brings, you know, I come off, I give you the warm invitation, but she comes back with, okay, this is what everything looks like in writing. <laughs> no problem. <And> so, <laughs> <laughs> well, you appreciate that. Oh, <laughs> that absolutely, <back> <laughs> absolutely. You need that, right? Yeah. Let me, let me let me say something. You know, I, we we could talk we could talk offline, but you see, we got these minority cannabis academy hoodies mm-hmm. on. Absolutely. We should probably talk. You know, we should probably more talk than, more than uh, absolutely. <laughs> well, listen, we appreciate you so much, sister. Um, like how how are our, how are our uh, followers, our subscribers, our audience? How do they get in contact with you? Well, uh, you can follow Green Essence Florida. Uh, from there, you'll see the links to my personal page. Uh, just remember Green Essence. You, you'll, you'll see us. You can go on the website as well and contact us. Um, I'm pretty accessible via Instagram. Okay. I'm not, I'm not hiding, and I'm happy to share the story. Um, like I said, it's my first time coming out. But from here, I think a lot of people are here a lot more um, about what we're doing. But if you want to get involved with Green Essence, we're actually releasing our, um, I guess, paraphernalia lines. We have grinders and um, rolling trays and stash boxes and so on and so forth that we're releasing with a 420 discount for uh, the rest of April. So come online, check us out, greenessenceflorida.com. And um, we appreciate the love. Thank you guys again for having me. (laughs) Well, listen, we're not like we're not letting you off the hook just yet. One more question. One okay. More question. Yes. You know, my brother and I, we like to always end the show on a uh, on, on a high note. Okay. So I gotta ask. Right now, we're sitting here with what we got, bro. We got some. What is this right here? We got some purple magic. We got some. You know, some some can some candy candy store. We got some. You know, we got a bunch of stuff going on here. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. What's your favorite strain of all time, and why? Uh, see now, the audience is not gonna like me because I'm the type to drink a Long Island, <laughs> and I would say the same reference to my trees. I it, it's it's not particularly um, strange for me because I like them all. I find something unique and beautiful about each one. Um, <laughs> this one I think has the cutest little packaging. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> right. <laughs> But as long as it's something clean, mean, and green, I'm on the scene. Hey, uh, <laughs> give, give it to him one more. Give it to him one more again. <laughs> as long as it's mean, clean, and green. Hey, I'm on the scene. I like to stay up, so I'm more so I would say a sativa. But um, other than that. I'm so open to exploring this world of cannabis that I'm not trying to limit. I don't want to focus too much on this, that, and the third. Um, you know, it's getting so much more complex. So I'm more so trying to keep up. Like now you got to dab and you got to do the Listen, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to keep it all together. Try to keep up. Seriously, you sound like me, right? You know, Dan's the mastermind. He knows all that stuff, right? I'm I'm trying to like, yeah, like he'd he be talking to me about it. I'm trying to keep up as well. Um, again, Jasmine, we thank you so much for coming on here. We thank you for your story. We thank, thank you for your perseverance. You're, you're just an inspiration. 
I love the fact you're lighting up as we end this. Okay. <laughs> and uh, again, you have our full 100% support. Any way we can help, we're there for you, sister. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You know, trying to, in Florida, trying to get one of these 22 license, um, it's a mission. And so I appreciate you guys recognizing uh, how much of that it is and, you know, the opportunity to tell the story. And, you know, thank you. All right, cool. Thank you. All right, y'all. There you have it. This has been the Higher Learning with 420 NJ Events Podcast, where it's always 420. Did you learn something new? Did you guys find this valuable? If you did, please like, comment, or subscribe. We'd love to keep the conversation going. Thanks for watching. Peace.